Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome back to a brand new season of the Relatable Voice podcast. I hope everyone had a great holiday season and is starting the new year on a high note. Today, the RV is headed to California to speak to Jonathan Stoddart. Jonathan is an award-winning actor, and his latest move is A Prince and Pepper Christmas, which is out now. He's also our latest Relatable Voice magazine cover star. So welcome to the show, Jonathan. Thank you very much. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you. I couldn't be happier, Jonathan, really. Well, this is when I saw the article in the magazine yesterday getting published and released. You guys do such a phenomenal job of capturing the essence of artistry and telling these really powerful stories. I, I read the magazine uh, all the way through, not just my article, but it was, it was it's amazing what else you're putting in there and how you're pulling these people together. And it's it's such a beautiful platform. Thank you. Yeah, the magazine and the podcast is a great way to exchange this and this good energy first and yeah. to learn about new people, new authors, new actors, or even already successful people like you. So, Jonathan, you mentioned you went to culinary school. Yes. What is your favorite thing to cook? And what is your favorite thing to eat, of course? <laughs> this is one of those interesting, tricky kind of questions. Um, I will say when, so in culinary school, we had to focus on every month, we would focus on a new culture, a new country, a new place, a new style of food. So my my biggest strength, I will say, is Italian. I even cooked in Venice, Italy for a little bit and cooked for uh, Cipriani out in New York. And the so I love I love the simplicity of Italian food. That's how I wanted to start. But my favorite thing to cook is not necessarily a specific style necessarily. It's it's the in the moment spontaneity. It's the improv. It's the being at a friend's house and having them say, you know what? We don't like we don't have anything exciting. And I'll say, hey, move over. Let me let me open your fridge. Let me see what we can do. And then pulling together new flavor combinations and stuff like that. So it's the creativity that really gets me going. Yeah. And Italians do it a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then I will say, in regards to the eating question, everything. I just love food. It is, it is a intimate relationship I have with food. <laughs> so I just love eating and tasting. And as long as there's some kind of a, a creative balance within the flavors, the acids, the bases, the um, just everything, the sours, the hots, the, the it's food is so incredible. And it's such a tactile and experiential thing just to eat. 
and even just to smell the herbs and everything. So I have a very intimate love affair with food. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm a, I'm a good eater. I'm yes. <laughs> at eating actually, but not good at cooking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, I mean, as long as you're good at one of them, that's, that's enough. <laughs> and for example, you were talking about these using different things. For example, I went to Morocco and I just feel like going back again, not only because they have amazing landscape and people are just lovely, the food, their food is just something. Yeah, no, it's, it's earthy and tro like tropical and very herbaceous and grounded. Like they, it's very, yeah, they do it right. <laughs> so back to reality, because otherwise I'll be talking about food in the whole interview. Yes. So, Jonathan, how did you first get into acting? So it's been it's been a long journey so far, and I used to do it. I'm the youngest of four, so I think my parents originally, by the time I came around, you know, they stopped patting the doorknobs. They stop covering the edges of tables. They're like, oh, you know, the kids will survive anything. It's it's okay. And I was always playing with my siblings. And because they, my parents were then taking care of my other kids, it was like, well, what do you do with a high energy kid? Well, let's put them in after school programs, theater and stuff like that. So I, I loved the theater and the stage when I was growing up and when I was a kid, summer programs, as long as I was busy, as long as I was performing, it was amazing. And then later, it was after uh, culinary school that I, I was actually cooking in Venice, Italy at the time and trying to decide what my future was going to be. And this was back in like 2006. And I had one of those moments. What would I do if I was a millionaire? What would I do for free? So, because uh, it's such an important question. If your career is only, if you're only doing it for the money, then you're going to get burnt out. You're not going to enjoy your life. But if you're doing it because you love it, then you're going to go so much further because it feeds your soul just participating in your passion. And so I decided, well, I would, I would do theater. I would, I would act, I would perform. Um, now making this decision and doing it as a career, like actually earning money are two very different things. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> Community theater doesn't pay very well, and that's a very challenging lifestyle within its own. So, um, but I will say that was when I, I first made that decision to make a career out of it. And it's been a love-hate. I did it for a couple of years. I stopped, and then I came back to it about eight years ago. And I've been now a full-time actor for about six, going on seven years, and very grateful for it. Wow, congratulations, Jonathan. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's been a journey. It's been a journey, and it, we need to enjoy the process. Yes. And when asked about formal act training, you yes. mentioned your parents were psychiatrists, and <laughs> that could count as training. So, what do you mean by that? So, psychiatry is very is a very interesting. Uh, just career choice, right? So my parents studying psychiatry is, is really about studying the development of the mind. It's studying humanity. It's 
at its core, understanding motives, understanding why people are doing what they're doing. And, you know, if we wanted to make a change, how do we do that? And really, I will say this, there are different kinds of psychiatry and different ways that you can kind of like help people make the changes that they would like to make or to even become self-aware because a lot of change starts with self-awareness. So while I was growing up, my par- I just remember my parents asking me all these questions when I was very either upset or didn't know how to communicate or was going through things. And at the time, I didn't realize that they were priming me for this kind of a career, which is about asking questions and understanding. When I get a script and a character, I need to ask questions to understand where is it coming from? How is it developing? Uh, when I talk to my classmates or my uh, the director and the producers and people like that. I need to ask questions. I need to d- dive deeper into the emotional development of the characters. And it all stemmed from my parents asking me all these questions and my emotional understanding, which ultimately cultivates the emotional depth that I'm able to bring to different kinds of characters. And I will say the only challenging thing with this is that I want to make every character so meaty, but not every character needs to be this dramatic meaty thing (laughs) so understanding kind of like with food understanding when to put on the sauce and when to keep it you know just a great simple appetizer you know those are really important things when it comes to acting and how you're gonna just what you're gonna do with the character sometimes you have to keep it disney and then sometimes you get to go hbo so it's a it's a fun exploration and my parents started it all. So it's possible to have normal childhood when one or both parents <laughs> are psychiatrists. Well, maybe not. I don't know, but I will say this, right? The I think one of the biggest challenges that we all face. It doesn't matter what our parents do. I think as we get older, one of the hard things as adults is to look back and not to criticize how we were raised, but to find find the ways in which our youth and what we learned from our parents, what we learned from our siblings, what we learned from the challenging experiences, whether that's bullying or trauma or even the successes, you know, becoming president of the class or anything like that. I think one of the greatest tricks that or uh, advantages that we all have if we find it within ourselves is to find out how does that serve us today so if my parents were construction workers i promise you of now being an actor i could look back and probably find reasons as to why my parents being construction workers empowered me to become a better actor and i think that's a quest that we all have to go on as people How do you turn your worst day into your best day? Or how do you turn your circumstances into something that fuel you or empower you to be able to be better at your life, your job, your decisions, how you think, how you love, how you experience the world today? So by default, yes, I'm going to say my parents were amazing and they were incredible. And a lot of that is on them. And then a lot of that is because I did the work. I did the work to make sure that my parents' involvement in my life empowered me instead of making my life really hard. Because as a kid, it was really hard. It was really challenging. You don't want to sit down and have a conversation. (laughs) 
you're a kid. Like all you want to do is go out and play. And I got, I used to get so frustrated and that was a burden on my shoulders for a long time until I decided I wasn't, I was going to take responsibility and I wanted my parents to be a part of my journey, not the reason why it wasn't happening. And then once I started making that switch, my career started taking off. I love what you said. I love it. I remember when I, my, like it's different, but when my daughter was a baby as a physical therapist, I was always checking, making some tests. <laughs> everything okay. And when she grew up, I was always giving her advice. Please don't step it this way. Don't, you know, these things that moms do and physical therapists do. <laughs> And Jonathan, you mentioned you've quit so many times, and yet here you are with another movie release. So what kept you going? That's a great question. There's, when I left acting, uh, when I quit back in 2006, because <clears throat> it just wasn't, I was doing extra work and stand-in work, and it just wasn't it wasn't evolving the way that I thought it might. And I think everyone has to go through that. No matter what you choose, it's always gonna be harder than you think. And I started doing a lot of soul searching in my mid to late twenties and started journaling and trying to find out really what would I do? If I'm gonna dedicate my life to something, what would I do? And out of everything that was important to me, the stimulation, the constant learning, the traveling, getting to work with wildly from like just creative people to be able to have that possibility for social impact. You know, there's art imitating life and life imitating art and to be on the forefront of that and to be in a career that forced and pushed me to always develop emotionally uh, active listening, engagement, keeping me present in the moment rather than getting sucked into the past or the future. Just everything pointed towards acting because in order to be a great actor, you have to you have to study all of these things. And I remember journaling when I was younger and creating my reason why. Why did I really want to be an actor? Why was I committed to trying to figure this out? And so I wrote down all the reasons why acting is the only thing I can do. I can't do anything else because anything else, a nine to five is going to keep me at home. Travel blogging, which was becoming more popular then, sounded really cool. And I would get to travel and learn video editing skills, but I would also end up probably spending a lot of time alone while I'm in these beautiful tropical places or just with an intimate partner. But the but I wanted something that was more community-based. And I wanted something that was teaching me education, forcing me to read, expanding my mind. And so nothing, nothing else came close other than acting. And so once I wrote that down, I felt empowered, unbreakable, unstoppable. And every time I've quit, I will go back and I will read this. And it still ignites my soul because there's nothing else that I can do. There's nothing else I want to do for the rest of my life. It's so good when we find what we really love and to do yeah. and go for that it's not easy as you said it takes it takes so much courage my family are they're all doctors nobody wanted me to they appreciate the arts but doing it as a career very different very different so 
like my sister's a nurse, my brother's a doctor, <laughs> you know, it's there. It, it's just, this is such a challenging to be a creative artist and to make a living out of it, as you know, and that's from writing, painting, music. It is, it is a very special journey. Actually, we have to start talking about your film. So your latest film is <laughs> a Springs and Puffer Christmas. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Can you tell us quickly what the film is about? Like no spoilers, but please tell us a little bit about it. Well, the the short, I will say it's just a fun movie. It is it is just a fun Christmas movie. It is a lot of me because I play both the prince and the popper. And the prince and popper concept is a Mark Twain concept. So it's been around for ages. And it's where two people who look alike, whether they're twins or just doppelgangers of each other. But it's where they're in different stature, different places in the hierarchy. And they end up switching places. They get confused. So the prince who looks like this peasant or in this case a, a police informant a thief who's an, acting as an informant so he ends up swapping with him and the informant ends up getting confused to be the prince and so the two of them then have to pretend to be each other which is of course absurd and comical and and they don't know who each other are and then later in the movie they end up meeting each other and have the standoff and it's it's just a fun kind of movie and it was it was an incredible experience so we we loved making it and i know that your character prince alexander as you described him is very prim and proper yes which you enjoyed play playing as you mentioned in our magazine interview that there is this old school side of you. Yes. So, Jonathan, I'm a hopeless romantic, but oh, it's yes. I am. <laughs> I love rom-coms and I believe that we can like love the way it was in before, yeah. you know, like I'm very Absolutely. Old. Yeah. I think it's so nice to see how we still crave a little romance in our lives with movies like this. So you also have an accent in this film. Yes. How do you prepare for a role that requires an accent? And also, you are playing two different people that I believe they have different accents. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, one kind of has a little bit of an East Coast uh, kind of accent. So that was Patrick. And then Alexander, Prince Alexander had a British accent. Uh, and it's more British royalty. And it's, I'm, I'm very lucky that they created two characters that were by nature just very different. Mm -hmm. Because if they were two American uh, people, it, you have to find other ways to differentiate them. But if they're, you know, if they're across the pond from each other, then it makes it a little easier to play with the the differences between them. Um, but I watched, I will say, I watched a lot of The Crown. I watched a lot of The Crown because they wanted, they wanted something royal 
um, instead of like a Cockney accent or something like that. They they wanted they wanted it to be rooted um, in British royalty. And part of the challenge, though, was that British royalty, old school, even going back with the crown, they it is it is such a it, it's not a commercial kind of British accent, if that makes sense. So what I didn't realize until I showed up on set was that I had to find ways to bring the kind of the American, it's an American British. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure how to explain it, but it's, it's not old school British royalty because that's kind of spoken into here. It's, it's, there's a lot of movement and it, it can be a little trap and lazy. And, and so it's, you know, it's very down there and that's not necessarily too fun to watch in uh, when you're trying to do this, like com- comedy Christmas movie kind of thing. And so I had to make it much bigger. And uh, this is about the American stereotype and, oh no what are we gonna do you know so it became it became this kind of like fun exploration and joy and and that's part of like weaving in some fun disney themes as as concepts but the accent was so much fun to play and to be and to explore and to find especially you know as we continue to film the characters get more and more grounded in the choices that we end up making it's so nice to be able to interpret too so two different characters at the same time so I think you have to be all the time reminding yourself which one you were in that moment it was phenomenal that's all like it was a phenomenal experience Mm -hmm. because in one day we would shoot I would shoot Patrick who's the informant this kind of east coast guy um, who's a lot like, you know, he's just a, a rougher around the edges kind of thing. And then in one day, I would shoot him in one scene, go change, do the hair, put on the Prince outfit, you know, the whole thing, then switch over to Prince Alexander. And then I'd have to switch out of him, go back to Patrick. I mean, talk about schizophrenia or multiple personality. Like I was, <laughs> I was jumping back and forth between the different characters and, that was one of the things that I really loved about this experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is playing two characters who end up interacting with each other. This was a phenomenal, phenomenal acting class. The whole movie, I was just so honored to be a part of it. And Jonathan, what type of character would you like to play next? That's a great question. That's a very good question. I have no idea. I will say this. I'm getting ready at the end of January to go and shoot another Christmas movie where I'm going to play another British prince. Not bad. And then I'm going to go play, um, I'm going to go film another Mm rom-com. And then, um, and then after that, I'm doing a high stakes, really fun adventure rock climbing movie. And it's hard to say it's hard to say what I would like to do next because there, there, there's so many. I'm I'm very I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. Uh, this last year, I've done everything from sci-fi to horror to suspense thriller to the rom-coms to straight-up comedies to. Um, it, it's just 
even me playing the bad guy. I have some movies coming yeah, out this next year. That's what I was going to ask you. I I can't see you being a villain. Can you? Oh yeah. Well, I've so I have I had a movie come out last year, and it was Lifetime's number three movie of the year, and I play uh, this corrupt cop, a bad guy, mm-hmm. and that was just really fun. Everyone. I got so many messages where people are like, no, don't take, he, he does rom-coms. Don't, don't make him a villain. Don't make him a bad guy. <laughs> and it's, it's just fun. It's fun to interact with the the audience and the crew, um, just fans this way. And I will say I have another movie coming out this year okay. and I don't know where it's going to get released, but I do. I play a very bad guy and it's, yeah, it's going to be fun. But so I, I don't know. I like I just like doing different kinds of things. That's one of the the aspects of acting that really draws me to it. I love the different character studies. I, I love the psychoses. I love being normal. I love playing the westerns and the period pieces. And I just like stretching myself and experiencing a new world. And acting is one of the on, only few places that that you can really explore that. Yes, totally. So you are also a producer. You've been assistant director. You are a chef. You are talented in music and also so much more. Jonathan, is there anything you can't do? (laughs) Uh, I can't do a backflip yet. (laughs) But otherwise... All, all teasing aside, all I can say is, um, I think I I spend a lot of time learning and trying to find ways to add value to the people around me and to the projects that I'm a part of. I never just want to show up and say my lines. And as a result of constantly learning, it creates this exponential ripple effect of knowledge and experience. And music was something I did as a kid. And then later during quarantine, I had this unique opportunity to start diving in and start writing a lot of music. And I hadn't really been picking up a guitar for years. And then all of a sudden, songs that I was writing were getting uh, published and, and released. And it's as long as there's dedication and and as long as I stay grounded and focused and continue to think about ways that I can add value and expand myself and learn, that's where things like assistant directing came in. That's where teaching came in. That's where music came in. They were all, it was all because I was asking questions. How can I, how can I add value here? How can I help elevate this person? What skill do I have to learn? And as long as I approach it that way, then it's, I'm I'm always going to keep trying to figure out and learn new things from stunt to special skills uh, to more musical instruments. Uh, recently, I've now, especially because of the Western, I started getting really good at uh, like gun spinning. And so since we wrapped that movie, I've now gotten multiple calls where people are like, we need someone who's really good at gun spinning. And I'm like, well, that that's an unusual skill. I didn't realize that would serve me later. So it's... It's interesting, but I don't know. I just like to learn. And and so skills come with that naturally. Learning is never too much. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Learning is fabulous because we develop a part of our brain. It's just fantastic. It creates a domino effect. Like once you get started, yeah. like you want to learn that next thing because there's always that first initial rush when you start learning something, right? Yeah. You can you can pick it up really fast. You get immediate results, and you're all excited. You're like, "Oh, horseback riding! Oh, cool! Let's do it!" Oh, galloping and horse stunts, which I have to do on the western, and gun spinning, and doing all these things. Like, how cool is that? And then you get to jump over to another thing and start learning that. I mean, it's and your brain gets addicted to learning and to trying to like develop these things. And then you have you know you have all these people that you start learning with. It learning is great. It is the number one master skill that we need to develop especially in today's world because everything everything moves so fast these days so learning is such a valuable part of that when i moved to germany i didn't know how to speak german and i studied hard for six months and then i started understanding what they were saying and i said wow i feel as if i was a kid learning something completely different and it's so good i'm very also like you i want to learn everything like everything and jonathan what has been the most challenging role for you so far and why that's hard to say it's hard to say what the most challenging role is because there are there are some roles in the beginning of my career that I w- I just was standing in my own way a lot and I didn't have the confidence and I didn't think I could either carry a movie or things like that. So I really had to overcome a lot. And, and then there are other things like A Prince and Pauper Christmas where I felt, I felt confident doing it because at this point I've been the lead of uh, a number of movies so I feel confident doing it but then the content being two different characters brought its own unique set of challenges that really pushed me and that was a wonderful beautiful challenge and then there were there were other sets that I was on where we ended up facing so many unforeseen challenges during the process of filmmaking that it like there are a couple of movies that easily hardest projects I've ever been on, but not because the content was hard, not because the acting, uh, the role or the character was difficult, but just because there were so many other unforeseen challenges. So it's, it's hard to answer, but I will say challenges will always uh, surprise you. <laughs> and they've always surprised me whenever I think, that you know oh this one's you know this one's gonna be easy and so now i don't now i don't do that anymore now i'm not like oh this this will be a piece of cake if anything i'm just like you know what i'm gonna go in and i'm gonna rock it and i'm gonna be creative and i'll be flexible and i'm gonna figure out a way to show up add value and make this the best movie i can possibly make in and that's the easiest way that i've learned to make sure that there's nothing that can take me out and uh yeah. I don't know. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And is there a message you would like to leave our listeners today? If you're in entertainment or artistry in the creative world and you have something to say, you have something you want to express through whatever medium it is, 
don't stop. Feel free to take a break, quit for a couple months, <laughs> you know, do what you need to do, but don't stop. There's a voice inside of you, inside of all of the creatives of this world that needs, the world needs it. And you have a platform and I promise you, you don't need every single person on the planet to appreciate your work, to be valuable. Be valuable within yourself and your humanity will reach enough people to be able to support you and take you everywhere you want to go. You have a voice, you have things to say, say it, don't stop. It was so beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, I love it. And Jonathan, please, where can we find you online? Where, oh, for social media and stuff like that? Yes. Please, I'm sure our listeners will we want to see more about you, to learn more about you, your movie. Please share with us. Uh well thank you. The I have a website that's I'm in the process of redoing everything, but the website is a place to check up on me, and that's jonathanstoddard.com. Other than that, I'm a lot more active on Instagram. And that is John Stoddard Official. And just in case, because some people spell John, J-O-H-N, it is not J-O-H-N. So it's J-O-N-S-T-O-D-D-A-R-D Official. That's kind of the best place to keep up to speed with everything that's going on. Um, and then, of course, interviews like this, which are I'm so grateful to be a part of. Thank you. You are our cover star this month the magazine is beautiful your pictures and the content are wonderful your interview is just lovely i can tell you, you you are you you are very down to earth i love the fact that we invited you you accepted and this for us is priceless Jonathan, to oh, have someone you. like you being part of our community. Thank you so much. The honor is really mine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you and come back. Yes, absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, I'll be happy to get my RV and drive all the way to California. <laughs> <for> you. <laughs> so well, come on, let's go. Get to I Los Angeles. <laughs> I promise I will. I've never been to California, actually. Now's the time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.